sure he's got a pretty face that people know they know. They think they recognize him from his big time TV show. But despite the accolades, despite the load of fame, one thing that they do not know is how to say his name. Pronouncing all those N's and E's and H's can perplex them. So here's a little birthday gift from all your mates in Wrexham. It's McElhenney, McElhenney. What ways to massacre and mispronounce it? There are many. McElhenney. It's McElhenney. 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 There was doubt. Now there won't be any. It's McElhenney. That's right, golfers. Today on the Two Club Chumps podcast, we got to interview Rob McElhenney. Our good friend was gracious enough to talk with us today about golf and his passion for golf. Also a little bit about his career. As you may know, he is famous for his Always Sunny in Philadelphia show, which has been going on for, I don't know, 20 years now. Also, the purchase of Wrexham football club in Wales with Ryan Reynolds. And that lead-in you heard was a hilarious story about how Ryan produced this amazing song to explain the pronunciation of McElhenney. And he talks about it in the podcast a little bit. But we also go into his own podcast called The Sunny Podcast and his new whiskey called Four Walls. But Really, it's about his golf career, when he got into golf, how passionate he is about it, and had a wonderful time. Thank you to Rob, and thank you for listening to the Two Club Chumps podcast. Hey, man, those guys are chumps. Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Two Club Chumps. Brent Brockermeyer here with Mr. President John Adams. Thanks for uh, jumping on, John. And our special guest, Rob McElhenney. I'm sure you never get sick of that song, do you? I love it. Um, I, my, my last name has been massacred my entire life. And so now that there is a, a very high, high production value uh, video circulating around the internet that explains to people how to pronounce it, I'm very, very grateful. I know. I don't know if John has seen it yet, but uh, uh, that's the one that Ryan made for your birthday, right? That's correct. Yes. Um, and John, you, you'll have to maybe you guys can put it in the in into the podcast because it's it's sort of unbelievable. And as I was watching it unfold, I, I had no idea that he was doing it, and he just dropped it on on his uh, Instagram account on my birthday. I, I'm serious. I think he he spent a hundred thousand dollars on it. Wow. <laughs> What a friend! What didn't a you friend. think? Didn't you think he hired like a director and a producer? I mean, you told me he used some some big name people to like produce it, right? The the guys that wrote the song and uh, and produced the video have won Academy Awards. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that wow. is a true friend. Yes, that is a good friend. That is an excellent friend. Oh my God. Yeah. John, if I followed on, you know, whenever Rob and I are playing golf, he updates me to their latest prank. You know, he and Ryan, you know, 
or, or co-chairman of the Wrexham soccer team or football team, right. sorry, pardon me. And uh, they just do these pranks back and forth. Not really pranks, but more just funny ways to celebrate your birthday. I saw the one you did for Ryan where you floated the balloon in violation of Wales airspace. <laughs> That's right. That's classic. And his birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks. And I mean, look, it, it's all fun and, and super silly and uh, in some ways pathetic that men in their mid 40s are, are, are pranking each other on their birthdays. But <laughs> we do it all in service. <laughs> we do it all in service of, of just bringing more attention to the club and, right. and keeping it fun and light. And, you know, one thing we've, we've said from the outset is that we, we will we will always make fun of ourselves, but we'll never um, no jokes will ever be made at, at the expense of the club, the fan base, the town. Um, but somebody's got to be the clown. So we're, we're, we're happy to, to fill that role. And you guys are doing a great job. And, and look, obviously, we want to talk about your golf. But uh, I did have to say I was shocked to find out there's a Wrexham ladies football team. That is impressive. Uh, those girls are no joke, by the way. I watched the last episode and I was like, wow, did not know that. Yeah, we didn't know that either. Um, when we when we bought the the club, we didn't realize that there was a women's team at all. It wasn't really even mentioned, which was fascinating um, to us. And and so when we took a real hard look at it, um, we recognized that there was a massive opportunity to, to grow that business and and to invest in in the women as well. And uh, it's been paying off uh, immensely for us. Oh, I love that! So is this I love that. Is this something that? Uh just intrigued you down the road that you're a, a football, I, I'm sorry, they call it football over there, a football fan. And you and Ryan decided to, to, to take this on. And, 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 and by the way, have done a phenomenal job creating such a, a fantastic brand, let alone changing the whole community. Um, and, and now you have a woman's side of it. I mean, that's, that, that's gotta be, a, that's gotta be a, a fun task to go after and, and uh, watch it succeed as it has. Yeah, it's been incredible. And we, there's actually um, four teams. There's five teams that we that we um, technically uh, are, are chairman of. Uh, it's the the men's team, the women's team, the men under 19s, the the girls under 19s, and then the uh, the Powerball um, Powerball team, which is uh, people with disabilities. And so that's that's five teams um, that we watch flourish over the last few years, and it's been. It's been a, a truly profound experience. Um, but in answer to your question, I I did not watch football. Uh, I didn't at the time. I called it soccer, and I was not a fan. Um, I'm just a massive fan of all professional sports, and it is the biggest sport in the world. And over COVID, I was just desperate for anything to watch anything on TV, sports related. And because there was no live sports, there was just tons of documentaries. And I just started watching documentaries and, and and then YouTube clips of some of the great players from from the past. And I thought, well, there's something strange about the fact that we have you know the biggest media market in the world, the United States, massive sports fans. And for some reason, we just haven't clicked with soccer. And I my thesis on that was just that we hadn't we don't have the right stories yet. And, and if we can start telling those stories to an American audience that um, maybe people will start paying attention. And then Messi, enter enter Lionel Messi. And yeah. Ted Lasso, honestly, Ted Lasso and Lionel Messi, uh, and I'd like to humbly believe Welcome to Wrexham um, have all have all played a part in that. Hundred percent. Speaking of being a sports fan, before we get into golf, uh, let's talk about your Eagles. Did I see you were at the last game? Yes, yes, it was. Um, so I don't know when this will air, but uh, this is the two days after I was at the Eagles Rams game, um, and uh, uh, 
and and the Eagles were victorious. It's funny we're we're now five and up, and and I think this is kind of great for the Philadelphia fan base. But you still hear a lot of the national media questioning uh, the the Eagles' supremacy and talking about the 49ers and talking about all these other teams, that, that, even still the Cowboys that could beat the Eagles and we're undefeated. And I think that just adds to the chip on the shoulder. Now, yeah, Philly fan, your your whole life, by the way, grew up in Philly. Yep. Yeah, I grew up in South Philadelphia, about a mile away from the stadiums. Um, so I, I grew up, it was just a, a huge part of, of my identity uh, and the identity of the entire town. I love it. I love it. All right, let's talk golf now. We uh, I played a lot of golf with you, which, by the way, you're playing incredible golf right now, which is perfect timing for our course to shut down. But uh, how did you get into <laughs> golf? When did you get into golf? Uh, being a sports fan, I know you played a lot of other sports, but tell us about your golf beginnings. Well, I, I wouldn't say that I played a lot of sports growing up. I would say I tried to play a lot of sports. Uh, <laughs> not my okay. ass kicked, like okay. consistently. I was late to blossom. I didn't hit puberty till I was probably 16 or 17, which, you know, looking back on it now, I can laugh about, but it was pretty traumatic, you know, being 16 years old and looking around and seeing my friends become men. And I was still a little boy. And I know this for sure because I was on the wrestling team my yeah. freshman year. And so we had to weigh ourselves uh, every week. And the lowest weight class was 103 pounds. And I remember I could not break 87 pounds as, as a 15 wow. year I weighed 87 wow. to the entire freshman year and I would go out there and just get manhandled by little boys who are 103 pounds, <laughs> but they, but they would just throw me, you know, throw me around the mat. And so I tried everything. I've just, I'm just not naturally um, athletic. Um, and I was so small, but I was always hyper competitive. So what I found um, was after freshman, sophomore, junior year, and I tried everything, football, baseball, basketball, uh, not golf, because that didn't see, that wasn't really available to me. Tennis, wrestling, rowing, and I just couldn't hack it. And uh, I went to an all boys school and the girls school uh, that was our sister school. Uh, there was an announcement made that they were looking for boys to be in the place. And I thought, mm -hmm. well, I like my odds. I like my odds. If I go there, I'm the only boy in the play. And then I transitioned from trying to the futile attempt at playing sports into um, into the theater. And that uh, it was a strange transition, but it, it, it worked out. So then I didn't really do anything except, I don't know, maybe go to the gym every once in a while for about 20 years after that. And, um, but my very good friend, Charlie Day, who is mm. an ex excellent athlete. And uh, which is funny because people, I hear so often that they would not picture Charlie being an athlete based on the character he plays on Sonny. Um, <laughs> he, he is an incredible athlete and always has been. And he is a golfer. So probably about a little over 10 years now, he was like, Hey, you should try it. You should come out and, and, and hit some balls. So I went to the driving range and uh, I just like everybody else took four swings and was like, I hate this. I never want to do this again. You know, <laughs> yeah. and they made, made contact with one ball that gave me that dopamine hit or whatever that feeling yep. is that we all, that we all know. And I was like, and I, and the ball went forward and high and far. And that was it. I was, I just turned to the, you know, to Charlie and was like, how do I do that again? Cause I think <laughs> if I just, if I just do that same motion again, I think I've got this game figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's definitely, 
Yes, the famous last words where you've got a great uh, uh, inspiration in Charlie. I mean, uh, he and I play all the time, too. And, man, just a natural – former baseball player, natural athlete, and uh, great golfer. But uh, that's uh, great. I did not know he got, got you into it. And then from then on, did you play a lot? Did you have to work around your shooting schedule? Like I know a lot of actors tell me that they, they have to put the club down for two months, three months at a time when they're shooting something. Yeah, it's it's a it's a function of that, and also having children at the same time that um, mm -hmm. that I started playing. So um, I don't think I'll ever look back on my life and say, "Man, I wish I played more golf when my kids were babies." But I knew yes. that if I if I didn't take advantage of the time uh, when they were young to spend as much time with them as I possibly could, that I would regret that. So I I would find time to go out and play because it's you know as anybody who's listening to this podcast knows it's the most addictive drug on mm -hmm. earth. Um, but, but between work and the kids, um, it was, it was difficult. So now putting those excuses aside, <laughs> I would go, through, I would go through periods of, of intense instruction. Uh, I had a teacher out in, uh, at Woodley Lakes who really advanced my game tremendously. And I remember I'd already been playing for maybe three or four years, um, and, you know, getting from like a 35 or whatever we all start at down to like, a, I don't know, like a 18 index or something like that. And I mm -hmm. felt like pretty good. and I felt like I was going down. And I remember uh, this guy's name is Brady Riggs. He was in uh, in Woodley Lakes. I, he was awesome. Yeah. You know, Brady, I, I he's uh, I caddied out on the LPGA one year and the girl that I was uh, caddied for actually saw him. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's an yeah. okay, LPGA girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was awesome. And I remember yeah. the very first day, he was just such a great instructor. And the very first day, he's like, okay, let me see your swing. So I, I maybe maybe made like 10, 10, 12 swings. And he goes, okay, great. That's great. Okay, I got, I, got, I got a question for you. And this is like with no judgment whatsoever. Would you like me to fix that? <laughs> or would you like me to tell you how to swing something? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a was, deep question. He was dead serious and he was right. Like I had, I had just the fundamental mechanics from start to finish wrong, not how to swing a golf club, but I had to swing anything. Oh. And, and I chose the, I chose, unfortunately I chose the latter because that was like starting from the very beginning from stance and grip and mentality and all of that. And, and here I am today, eight years later, only marginally better. Uh, I don't know about that. The last time we played, did, did you set your record the last time we played, by the way, or was it just a low round? I can't remember, but I thought you played amazing. I've been playing, I, I, I shot an 83 with you, and I just shot an 81 last week. Ooh. And Ooh, I've, nice. my low round is an 80. Okay. Uh, I've never broken, I've never broken 80, but I, I'm consistently in the low 80s now, and I, I think I'm, I'm sniffing at it. What do you so think? You, is is the Sorry. next step for breaking 80 for you like you look at your game is it finishing the last couple of holes is it short game like what's what are you really working on right now well one thing you know just when i started playing with you brock um you kind of haven't seen my whole um evolution as a player but if you ask charlie i'm sure he he can he'll he'll be happy to regale you with stories but i i was always <laughs> i would always just get, i was that golfer that would get so frustrated with myself yeah. Yeah, uh, just get really because I'm so competitive as any again anybody who's listening to this probably is I was I was that golfer who would like 
had no right to be angry because I was shanking them because I wasn't practicing enough. And I remember at one point, somebody, you know, like a really great player turning to me and like very sternly saying like, how dare you get upset? Like people spend their whole lives trying to do this and you just come out here once a month and you're going to like scream at yourself, get the, like fuck off. And he was dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just, I just flipped a switch and I don't, you, you know, you see me Brock, like I get, I'll get frustrated as we all do, but I don't, I don't go dark. I don't get angry. I don't scream uh, or anything like that. I don't break clubs or throw clubs. I just Good. Don't shake it off and, and move on to the next one. And so that to me has been the key, which is recognizing it's, I will say, I love playing with great players. And I think you hear that a lot, uh, Brock, that people love playing with you because it does, you keep a rhythm. It's inspiring to watch. And also it's, it really is helpful to watch you shank one. Sometimes. A hundred percent. Yes. Like, never, some... never, never against me. Never against me. Does he shank one? Well, right. Yeah, I'm sure like in a tournament, it doesn't happen, but when he's just out there with us, like he, he, he sculled one the other day that I was like, wow, I, I've never seen him hit a, a ball that poorly. And you just would you know, like, you know, shrugged your shoulders, walked up and then popped it up yep. on the green three feet from the hole. And because like, that is inspiring to, to me. And it reminds me that well, even the greatest players uh, can will shank right. one or two. Well, and, and what I've seen in your game since we've been playing from the first time to the last time is 100% what you're talking about. You have really gotten a handle on, okay, golf is a game of misses. I mean, Hogan used to say, I really hit five or six shots out of my round that I that I liked and was trying to do. It's really a game of misses. And the more I've seen you do that, I've seen your scores go down every time we've played. So if that's what you're working on, it is working. And, uh, and I remember, you know, we had Scott Kahn on the last episode and, and he just broke 80 for the first time a week or two ago, maybe three weeks ago. And it was the same progression. He used to get frustrated. He'd give up at this. And then all of a sudden I gave him the tip that I give everyone, which is what Rotella says, which is, you know, treat every shot with the same low level of importance. And I told him that he goes, what are you talking about? I said, exactly. He said, if, yeah. I said, if you think every shot is life or death, you're going to go crazy. But if you just kind of stay in it. So with your game, I've a hundred percent noticed that you're going to break 80 soon because I've, I've seen it in your game, everything you're bombing your drives and you just, you seem like with your new mindset, you're just more in control of the golf ball. Yeah, it, it, definitely. I, I I feel that. And, you know, when, when Scotty uh, broke 80 and you let me know, I, I texted him as I <laughs> when I find out that somebody had a low round, I'll, I'll reach out to them because truly I, I remember Charlie on my birthday. Um, God, this was like six or seven years ago. We went out and played Rustic Canyon or one of those like tougher courses out uh, in California. And, and he shot a 68 or a 69. Oh, I mean, just yeah. a crazy round. And I probably shot 102 that day or whatever. And he was just on top of the world. And then he went home and I saw <laughs> I, I saw him the next day and he was all bummed out. And I said, what happened? He goes, well, you know, the thing is like, nobody really cares about your round of golf, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Cause yeah. when you get like his wife, Mary Elizabeth was like, what? 60, who cares? Take out the trash. And, and, <laughs> by the way, there's nothing wrong with that position. She is right. You've been gone for six hours. Like, right, come on. Right. But I think it's important 
like to to recognize when somebody else is has 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 achieved something in in this sport recognize that nobody else in the world is going to care about it i like to reach out to my friends when they ha- when they have achieved something to just give them a i don't know just give them some positive feedback cuz i think it feels good it does. i know that you totally you you, t- you talk about you know you have kids now and 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 now you guys are kind of back you guys are back to work i guess and um like do you do you do you go with charlie do you guys try to play other golf courses or you just kind of stay home at the club and because you got a quick five hours or whatever, if that's ever quick, quick five hours to go play golf and be with the guys that go play. Do you do you try to find, like you said, Rustic Canyon or go play Bel Air? Do you like to play other places? Do you try to find time for that? One of the things um, that is really hard to explain to people who don't play golf is that you you really do meet the most incredible people. And I've had so many, I've, it's also funny too, as I was making a joke about being a middle-aged man, earlier but the truth is like how do you as a middle-aged person man or woman meet new people you know if you have the same job you've been working with the same people for forever you've got kids you go from home to work maybe you go out with friends to a restaurant every once in a while but you're very rarely in situations where you're meeting new people what i found with golf is like not only has it expanded um, my sporting life but it's actually expanded my business life and also my personal life because i've met so many incredible people Generally, if you're out on a golf course, um, it's because you like the same things as the other people that are there, but you also probably come from a different field, a different background. You've achieved a modicum of success because it's an expensive sport to play. Um, I've met so many people at the tops of their fields and, and, and like spanning industries. And so that's been such a gift for me and something I don't take for granted. And I get invited to play places. So yeah. um, I played at a lot of the courses uh, in the city in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and also a lot of places up north. Um, some of the classic courses up, up north, some of the um, some of the classic places back east. And, and, and that has just been such a such a uh, for me, such a great experience to see other courses, but most importantly, to spend time with other people and learn new things. When, when you, you travel you, you overseas, take... there oh, you go. go. Ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask the same question. Go ahead. Uh, when you, when you go over to Wrexham, you go to Wales or overseas. Do you get to play over there, or is it pretty much business trip when you go check out the club? Well, yeah. So I got to this. This, this is a story about how miserable golf can be. Um, <laughs> I, I I was over Wrexham is very close to Liverpool, and huh? we got an invite to play Royal Liverpool, and Ooh. it was. Only a month before they were playing the uh, the open there. Holy Lake, right? Yes, that's right. And yeah. my uh it was my father and me. So it was like a perfect trip. Me and my dad going out and playing ah, nice. Liverpool. And uh we show up and as is likely when you're in that part of the world, it was raining. However, it wasn't <laughs> just a light sprinkling, it was a driving rain, and it was <laughs> sideways rain, and it was 35 mile an hour winds yeah and it did hit a point like around 13 or four and you could just go well let's take a sip of drink of whiskey and we'll get out there this is all a part of the experience this is where golf was born i'm with my dad we'll you know we'll look at it the best best case scenario you know we're not going to play well we got up to i don't can't remember what hole it was 12 or 13 and it's along the ocean and the caddy points out to the ocean and we're like yeah that's the ocean he goes no no (laughs) hit it there and we were like, no, 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 the fairway is straight ahead or to the right. And he goes, I'm telling you, I want you to face the ocean 
and hit a drive as hard as you can. <laughs> and it might land on this fairway. <laughs> and sure enough, we did. And uh, and they went out to the ocean and came back to the fairway. And it was also in our face. I think I bombed my drive, my drive maybe 127 yards. And uh, we were like, you know what? This, is, this has been a fun experience. Let's go home. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh my God. That's you know, that's and, great. And, and, and then a week later, we played. Uh, we went to uh, Ireland and played Royal County Town. Oh, it was oh so funny my God. And beautiful and fun. And and you know, we both shot probably uh, in the hundreds, and it didn't matter. It was just. Uh, it was one of those magical experiences. Keep keep trying to go over there and and play because there's a lot of great golf courses. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Ireland, but. Um, I just played in the British Senior uh, Am, literally right due, I'm going to say, east of where you were in Liverpool, a place called Woodhall Spa. And the, there's two courses there. One's called the Hodgkins course. You ever get a chance, if you're over there and you, you need to go find some other places, fabulous golf course to, uh, to play. Um, but again, I can't talk enough about Ireland. Ireland golf courses are just fabulous. Lahinch is a favorite one of mine, just because it's all centered around the town. So keep doing that if you can. It's it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Now I, Rob, I took go one of my friends out to Ireland on a golf trip. We actually done it a couple of times. And the first place we went, we landed, uh, we landed in Dublin and just got right into cars and drove all the way up north to Port Rush. And by yes. the time we got to Port Rush, um, it was like that four o'clock in the after three o'clock in the afternoon. And the guy said, Look, it's getting late. So why don't you guys head out there? And uh, and we're going to go home, but we'll just leave the doors open for you. And we were like, what? <laughs> like, well, we'll leave the pub open for you. So if you want to get some drinks afterwards, just leave cash. <laughs> just leave cash on the bar and and then just lock. You know, when you leave, just, you know, shut the shut the door. <laughs> they were joking. And we got we got back and they were gone. But all the doors were open. The taps were open. We sat there and had had pints by, by ourselves at Point Rush with eight of us. Wow. Hey, Paid the paid the fee and it's funny we 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 forget living in L.A. how <laughs> a lot of the world works. I mean, little towns and you know my folks live up in Wyoming and the same thing. Doors never been locked once in history. But uh, uh, so another question for you: You said you and your dad were drinking a little bit of whiskey. Tell me what is the deal with your new whiskey? Charlie was telling me about it. I'm dying to hear the story. How did you even get into this? By the way, we we've been approached a number of times about. Um, about doing some kind of celebrity um, brand because of, uh, for, for the obvious reason that we've made a television show uh, for 20 years about a bar. But we've always kind of felt like it was cheesy. And we also were approached by like different beer companies and it just seemed like low brow and kind of lame. And so many people were doing it. We felt like if we were going to get into something, it would have to be something that we really liked and something that could be really fun. And then we got approached um, by this whiskey company uh, or the, by this company that wanted to source a whiskey um, that was a, a Irish American whiskey. So it was a blend of an Irish whiskey uh, made at, at Teeling um, distillery with anybody. And if anybody who knows whiskey knows, knows Teeling in Ireland, uh, but blended with an American rye. We thought, wow, that's a really cool idea in terms of like a marketing from a marketing standpoint. Like I literally am that whiskey. I am of the blend of Irish and American. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> and it felt like, wow, that would be not only a cool story, but it might taste really good. I pers personally, I don't love Irish whiskey. I like bourbon and I like rye. 
And but for whatever reason, when they mixed the Irish whiskey with the rye, it had a completely different taste from anything that I've ever had before. And I thought, wow, well, I, I know how to I, I know how to drink this. And if I know how to drink this, then I know how to sell it. And 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 that's kind of where where we where we're at with it. So uh, on Thursday and Friday, we're going to go do a live show uh, at Radio City Music Hall, which is wild. Uh, oh, and congrats! We're gonna do that, thank you. In conjunction with um, with uh, Four Walls Irish American Whiskey. Well, that's what John and I are saying. We're just waiting for our sponsorship by Four Walls. And when I say sponsorship, like one bottle. You give us one bottle, we're going to be advertised for yeah. you. No, I'm just kidding. That's great. Oh, and that's another thing. So you guys are doing the Sunny Podcast Tour, or is this a Four Walls mixed with Sunny Podcast Tour? Yeah, it's it's mixed with that. I mean, we love we love going and, and doing live shows. Um, but again... We still have now our children are, are a little bit older now. Um, I have a 13 year old and an 11 year old, which does free me up more for golf on the weekends because mm -hmm. now I try to go hang out with them and they want nothing to do with me. My 13 year old is oh, like, yeah. drop me off to Ben's house and pick me up. <laughs> I'm like, that works out for both of us, bud. So <laughs> let's have breakfast together. I'll drop you off at, at your buddy's house. I'm going to go play golf and I'll, and I'll pick you up later. So it's kind of, it's kind of perfect. But the traveling is tough. So if we go, you know, Wrexham is a family experience. Uh, going in yeah. and live shows is a little overwhelming for the for the kids to just go on that travel, mm -hmm. um, and, and and especially if you're selling whiskey. I don't I don't necessarily need to take my 13 and 11 year old <laughs> no whiskey hot no. no well wait till they're minor 17 and 15. You know I've talked about this and it's the same thing. Like hey dad, I'm going to be gone Saturday and Sunday, but I may see you Sunday night. I'm like okay, good luck. I mean I remember those days. I mean I I. Uh, I told my oldest son, I said, look, when I was your age, same thing. I'd I'd come home thinking, man, I kind of hope the house is empty so I can just go do my thing. Not 100 questions, not a list of things to do. So, yeah, uh, as it gets older, you will have more time for golf than you expected. That's for sure. So, Some, so no, the, kid, the, kid, the kids have, yeah. no, sorry, the kids have no inkling to try to even want to play or have actually said, let's go to the course or are yes. they wanting to kind of look at it? Both of my sons started taking lessons um, at my club and they, and this instructor was fantastic. His name is Travis. And he was just really good with my guys and really, and you know, they were starting from the beginning and they're perfectionists and the sa same thing, like down on themselves. And he was just a, such a great instructor. And we were going every Saturday for six months and they were getting better. And then one day I got a text from Travis saying, you know, I'm leaving the club. Um, I have another opportunity. Loved working with you, but you know, this is the life of a, of a pro and I'm, I'm moving on. And I was like, Oh, it's bummer, but he was so great. And I told my guys, I'm like, that's okay. We got another guy. And they were like, Nope, Travis is our guy. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> no you, you, Travis, Travis isn't the only guy. There's other guys. And, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, that's it. And I, I was just very, I don't want to push it. And I know for me, anytime my dad tried to push anything on me, I just like, like just intrinsically just resisted. And I, yeah. my, my feeling is they'll come back around to it or they won't. And when they do, it'll be their choice and not mine. Oh yeah. And well, let at me least give you they got the basic, they got the basics down, you know, so that's a good thing. So it's not like you're having to re re and, uh, introduce the wheel to them. You know what I mean? They, they've no, got the and basics. It, down. And it's, and it's cyclical too. Like I, I found my youngest was into golf a couple of years ago. He's now big into football. And all of a sudden my oldest, who's a pitcher, you know, baseball pitchers have nothing but time to play golf a year and a half ago. Now he's crazy for golf. 
like anytime we can go out. So, and I didn't push it because they don't want the club chump pushing them to play golf. That's, <laughs> that's not the way to do it. So uh, I kind of laid off on that too. So that you're doing it the right way, Rob. Um, all right. You guys have an incredible podcast, the sunny podcast. What are some tips for us for keeping it fun? How do you guys do so many episodes and they're all awesome and give us some, give us some tips for longevity. Well, I know for us, um, when we have our, our the most success, both making our television show and the podcast, is when we're having fun. And that's okay. the thing I hear from, from a lot of people, uh, fans of the show. They'll say, it, it looks like you guys are having so much fun. And we are. And that's infectious. I also think it's subconscious. I think sometimes people watch, especially Sonny, where these characters are horrific. I mean, they're like sociopaths. <laughs> and they're just <laughs> However, you can tell it's satire, and I think that the audience can see that the actors are not those people, and that we're having a blast doing it. And and we do the same thing with the podcast, except it's ourselves, and we're not sociopaths. And at least I don't think so. And if I was, I wouldn't tell you. Um, or that's <laughs> uh, but, but we but we have fun, and I think if you just like a round of golf. Uh, you know, if if you're out there and you choose to have fun, regardless of of how you're performing, uh, it's infectious and people want to be around that. And I think the same thing could be said for a conversation, a personality, a a uh, a performance. If you guys are having fun, people are going to want to experience it when they pop in their car and they drive 20 minutes to work or drive 20 minutes to the club. Um, they they just want to feel good, and if you guys feel good, they'll feel good. I like that. That's kind of why we started because for 20 years we've been playing golf together and all we do is talk golf. And I said, John, let's just record this. And then all of a sudden we started thinking about, you know, you know, we have this great group of golfers. We have, you know, 20, 30 guys we play with and they're all great stories, great guys. And I said, let's do some podcasts and let's have some cool guys on. So I can't thank you enough, Rob, for taking time to chat with us. And um, hopefully in nine days when our club reopens, we, you and I can get back out there and um, we're going to break 80 this year. I got a feeling. I love it. Um, I, I, I really love talking about golf with what, well, look, I really love talking about golf. And again, everybody who's listening to this probably feels the same way. Nobody wants to talk about golf except <laughs> the people who want to talk about golf and those people yeah. want to talk about it really want to talk about it. So <laughs> that's, us. that's you. Yep. That's me. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. I hope we talked enough about golf and not about stuff people don't care about, but um, you know, that's on them. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, guys. Such a blast. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Boys. Talk soon. Thank you.